Hey everybody, welcome to the Ralph Graves Jr. Show. I'm your host, Ralph Graves Jr., and I'm so glad you're here. No matter where you are right now or what circumstances you face, lasting success is within your reach. On this podcast, we'll have real conversations with people who have had to overcome unthinkable obstacles to achieve success. Are you ready to live with unstoppable momentum and focus? Well, today's your day. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Unstoppable Podcast with Ralph Graves Jr. My name is Ralph Graves Jr. Thank you for for, uh, deciding to listen to this podcast. Today's guest is none other than the host of the Millionaire Mindcast, Matt Aitchison. Matt, what's going on, man? What is going down, my brother? How we doing? Man, I'm doing great. First of all, I am so honored to have you on this program. You and so many guests I've had on before, man. But you, you, um, it's, uh, you know, I'm just glad you said yes to come on and, and pour out what you know and what you're doing uh, into the uh, unstoppable listener space, man. Thank you. Oh, man, it's always fun to, you know, be on shows and I just love, you know, having high level conversations. You know, it's one thing, you know, I find that uh, when I'm consuming content, right, um, how I absorb. But it's another thing when I'm speaking the content, um, you know, out. And, you know, it's one thing to be a a messenger and kind of talk the talk. But it's a it's another thing to be the message, live your message and actually feel that congruency in terms of, you know, the audio and what I spit out of my mouth is also aligned with the video and how I live my life. And so when I get to come on and and kind of share my own unique journey, which is, you know, nothing special, nothing different than anybody else. It's just my own journey. Um, Hopefully there's, uh, you know, some nuggets and and, um, uh, some ahas that might, you know, shift maybe the mindset or, uh, you know, inspire some action and some people uh, listening in that unstoppable community of yours today. Well, man, listen, listening to your podcast, I had to have you on for, for a couple of things. I, I forgot which one it was, but you have so many wonderful ones. But what it, I guess I was going through it at that particular moment or day. And I was trying to, I was actually saying the same message about the importance of having the right people around you. Yeah. Um, you know, you're influenced by your top five. We all know that. And, and, you know, the, the importance of being in the right network, in the right room with the right people. Um, I forget the name of it. You and a buddy of yours belong to something, but anyway, it was phenomenal. And I said, you know what? That's a guy I need to talk to. And you're here. So hey, I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I've covered a lot of ground in terms of being on uh, uh, the wrong end of the spectrum in life and kind of yeah. walking that path. I've also obviously course corrected and um, hit a few strides of success, you know, in my yeah. 32 years. And obviously I'm a student of life. You know, I, yeah. I know I've this is a yeah. long term journey. I'm always looking for my next teacher. I'm always trying to remain humble, uh, right. but it definitely it didn't start that way. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and my ego and my pride really led me to what I call staying in a cul-de-sac, right? Of like, wow. you know, yeah. just being in uh, a safe space, a comfortable space, you know, not too much activity going on. Um, and, you know, I always said that I wanted to achieve big things, but really, you know, going back to kind of that congruency and alignment of right. um, what I was saying and what I was doing were just two completely different things. Wow. Wow. And it's really hard to wow. catch yeah. a stride of momentum when you're out of integrity with yourself. You know, you can you can act yeah. and pretend on the outside, but inside you're going to war with yourself mentally, spiritually um, every single day. And that will never allow you to kind of break through whatever ceilings are hanging over your head and find ways of making them your new floor. Yeah. And so 
that got me expelled from high school that got me arrested in college. Um, and it was really kind of what I called my, Oh shit moment. I think we all have those moments in life, right? Where you get to kind of a fork in the road and you're like, Oh shit, I gotta, I'm faced with a real (laughs) decision, a big boy or a big girl decision, right. That holds real consequences. Um, and for me, you know, I, I committed to a life in a path of personal development, a life in a path of really, um, doing what I said I wanted to do and being who I said I wanted to be. And uh, that has led me to a one, a lot of majestic failures, which have really kind of been my breadcrumbs of life on the trail of success, right? Of kind of, where do I go next? What is, what is life giving me in terms of feedback? And am I aware enough to even know what that feedback is and then actually implement, make changes on it. Um, But it's also led me to many, you know, amazing relationships and mentors, many amazing experiences, some great financial successes. Um, But also, right, just like everybody, you know, we we all experience hardship. So there's this duality of life, right? Good, bad, ugly, you know, beautiful, happy, sad, rich, poor. Um, And I feel like, you know, I've been fortunate enough to at least experience a lot of those deeply, intimately, um, and authentically. uh, That's given me a little bit of perspective, right? And I'm not definitely saying I know it all, but um, it's given me the opportunity to, on my Millionaire Mindcast podcast or coming on amazing shows like yours to just share, you know, just be a shepherd of information. And hopefully what I like to do is just say, create space for people to think, you know, based on what, it is that they want to achieve and then actually get in and do the work based on what gaps they see they need to fill. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you for, for, for that. And, and kind of introducing yourself to, to, um, to my audience. Now let's, let's just get right to it, man. Let's do it, bro. A millionaire has to have a certain type of mindset that that's why you have your podcast. And um, my listeners need to know what that mindset is. You've talked to, hundreds of millionaires. You've talked to people in the process. You've talked to people who were there. What is the one cord that binds them all in terms of their mindset? Mm, I mean, I think first and foremost, you know, I've been, I've been able to just, like I said, be a, a student and study the people that, you know, I admire. And, and there's really two different types of millionaires. I'll start here. Okay. Um, there's, there's the millionaire who's got a bunch of commas and a bunch of zeros in their bank account. They are financial killers, but really they're bankrupt in their health. They're bankrupt in their relationships. They're, they're estranged from their families or their kids or their wives or their husbands. They really are greedy. They're not, they don't have strong core values. They're like money is their God. So there's that millionaire. Right. Um, And they all similarly have certain characteristics, right? Okay. But the millionaire that I like to study, that I like to model after, that I like to, you know, um, kind of push and and kind of create and spotlight more um, of a discussion around is the millionaire who not only has those commas and those zeros in their bank account and their financial killers, but they live with that same intention and purpose yeah. and integrity sure. in, in their marriage in their relationship with their kids and their health and right. giving back to charities and causes beyond anything that benefits them. Yeah. Um, they live life to the fullest and, and, and money is just one thread or variable in their equation of living, unlocking what their definition of wealth is. Cause everybody's got a different definition of sure. wealth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you got to know what is your definition first and foremost. And that's the one thing that I think every single one of these millionaires has is they have clarity. 
They have clarity in what it is that they want to achieve and when they want to achieve it by. Because when you're clear on that, then you can back into a plan and, you know, a roadmap. And really, it just comes down to being an executor, getting in the trenches every day, pounding the sand on the exact plan you know is going to get you where you want to go by when you want to be there. So clarity is a big piece that I see a lot of people missing. I call it my North Star. Yeah. Right. Of like, if I have my North star of where I'm going, no matter where I'm kind of right. Right. If I'm off track, well, I know I'm off track and I can course correct. If I'm, you know, on the right path, I know I can double down. If I'm clear on what it is that I want to achieve, which many of the wealthiest people I know are, it's very easy for them to say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things. Okay. Okay. I call that a dirty yes uh, versus a clean no, right? And if you look yes. at people's schedules and how they time block themselves um, and what they commit to, most people have their calendar and their lives filled with dirty yeses. They're saying yes to things that really yeah. are for other people or for other reasons and really aren't congruent and aligned with getting them where they want to go when they want to be there by versus yeah. the people that are really clear are very good at saying no to the things that aren't in alignment. And that can be hard, right? That might be to a family member. That might be to a friend that wants to hang out with but, you. That might that, be to a lot of different things. That word no is very, very empowering. But like you said, it will offend people. Yeah. You know, I've gotten over that in terms of there's yeah. a way of saying no. I, I call it the graceful no. Okay. Right? Let uh, me hear can, it because I, I haven't mastered the graceful no. I just say no, I can't do that. Yeah, you can always honor someone's quote unquote ask, right? Like I yeah. can always, you you ask me to do something and let's just, you know, flip the script and say, I decided not to come on the podcast. I can say, right. Ralph, brother, I super appreciate you reaching out and I'm honored that you want me to be on the podcast today based on what I've already committed to and what I need to get done. I just can't commit to that right now. But if you circle back with me in three months on this day at this time, yeah. And we can make that happen. I'd love to get on the schedule with you. See, now that's so you much. That's like so much nicer. That's so much nicer right? than me. Than me just saying, I, I don't, I don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah, and and that's yeah. you know, yeah. and and that's how you can preserve relationships and opportunities yeah. for when it may be aligned or when it may be right beneficial for you. But I mean, part of, of one of the things I've learned from a lot of wealthy people is they're very protective of their time and they're really ruthless with what they say yes to and what they say no to. Now, do yeah. they want to do a lot of those things? Do yeah. I want to do a lot of the things that ultimately I get asked to do? Well, shit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. at the end of the day, are you more committed to achieving the life, achieving the finances, achieving the career, the relationships or the wow. goals that you want? Or are you more committed to making someone feel good about what they asked you to do and not hurting their feelings? And for yeah. me, I said, I'm not living my life for other people anymore. Right. Yeah. And that was my question, though, is how do I still honor that person yeah. and not make them feel like crap or not make them feel less than while still making sure that I don't get pulled out of my zone of genius. And that's hard for a lot of people. Yeah. So you said two things here, and it is hard for a lot of people. You said that one one thread is clarity. Understanding what your definition of wealth is. Know what that means to you. What does that mean to you? It it may not have anything to do with a bank account. It might have, that might have something to do with other things, but whatever your definition of wealth is, make sure you understand that and you're crystal clear on it. And 
point number two, as we take as as we as we're talking, is be focused and be committed and be dedicated to the things you have to do to obtain that. And sometimes it's uh, not running around. Well, most of the time, it's not running around putting out fires. That what we do most of the time. Yep, yeah. you're spot on, man. And I think the the other thing is is all of them have this relationship with fear and how they move through it. Um, that is different than 99% of the planet. Yeah. At the end of the day, human beings, we all have fear, right? Um, But there's really two different types of fear. There's the fear of somebody pointing a gun at your head, loaded cock chamber, ready to blow your brains out, real fear of you dying, right? Physical harm. And then there's the fear that we, you know, metaphorically create in our minds. Now, uh, I'll just speak from my own experience. You know, there's been many times in my career and what I'm doing now that two, three, five, ten years ago, I would have said, you're crazy. No way. Because right. I was scared of those things. Yeah. But as I started doing more things that I was fearful of and I went through the fire and I looked back and I still had a pulse and my heart was still beating and my wife still loved me and my kids still thought I was the coolest dude on the planet. Yeah. And I wasn't dead. Yeah. That fear overcome turned into confidence and you do that enough and enough and enough and enough, you almost start to create awareness around, man, what am I fearful of? Okay, cool. This is a call to adventure for me to learn something about myself. What I call weaponize yourself. When you go through hardships and challenges in life and you get through them, you don't get through them unscathed. If we all took our shirts off metaphorically, right? We all got scars on our backs. We all have issues that we've overcome, right? So if you can do that more and more and change the narrative in your head when fear comes up and say, "Oof, okay, this is a call to adventure. Maddie's going to learn something about himself today, right? And you get through those moments and you do that more and more. You just become more weaponized. You put more tools on your tool belt that as you get through life and other challenges, other obstacles, other hurdles present themselves. All right, cool. What do I got on the tool belt? Because I know I can handle this. So I noticed that about a lot of people is they go after big goals and big things. Because let's be honest, guys, it takes the same amount of effort, if not less, to go and conquer a big goal than it does a small goal. So you might right. as well go after something that is absolutely massive, right? And yeah. you're going to learn something about yourself. And most likely, you're going to end up with a result much greater than you would if you were playing small. Sure. So those people really change the narrative and how they engage with fear and how they move through it in a way that just allows them to take leaps instead of small little steps. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. That, that That's awesome. And it takes time to develop. It is not something that really happens overnight, um, but it can yep. happen. It can. It should happen if we're if we're growing. I, um, you know, listening to your 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 podcast and, and, and listening to and following you for some time now, man, I, I know how how um, big you are on personal growth. I know how big you are on, like you said earlier, stretching yourself, becoming who you were born to become and moving past that fear. Someone, you talked about fear. Someone wrote, um, uh, you might be able to remember who wrote it. 98% of the things we're afraid of never happens. Might be even 99% of the things that we're afraid of never happen to us. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is, um, yeah, you know, if you ultimately do the things that you fear, um, the fear of death is certain. 
And, you know, as we do more and more things, like the first time I was going to go ride my bike, you know, as a little kid, I'm sure I was pretty scared shitless, right? I was like, damn, man, I don't want to get on and fall and scrape my knees and hurt myself. Right. Right. But the 50th time I rode my bike, I wasn't even thinking about it. So as you start doing more and more things that you're fearful of, you just desensitize yourself to the fear, right? And it starts to become innate in your DNA that as long as this ain't going to kill me, I know I'm going to either grow from it. Yeah, I'm going to achieve something great from it or I'm going to learn yeah. from it. And no. hopefully all three of those at the same time. But at the end of the day, I look at fear as a call to adventure. And I'd rather, you know, look at um, what I call the rear view mirror of my life on my deathbed and, and look up in that rear view mirror and see everything behind me playing through my head and go, damn, that was a hell of a ride. Not, oh, I won every single time. Oh, I was successful 100% of the time. Oh, I never failed. It was, damn, that was a hell of a ride. And that ultimately, right, is going to require you to take leaps of faith and bet on yourself and do things that really you're fearful of, right? But for me, if I drop dead today, I could look at my rearview mirror and say, damn, that was a hell of a ride. Now, I still got a long ways to go and I intend, Right. right, for that story and that journey to be a lot longer, a lot greater, a lot more exciting. But that's how I live my life every day is, you know, looking in the rearview mirror and saying, Oof, was today good? Yeah, man, that was a hell of a ride. Yeah, yeah. So uh, over on your podcast, um, you know, you guys talk all kinds of stuff and real estate and all that that sort of things and, and, and you know, different things like that. And I, I really enjoy it. Some would have said that this past year is um, was the toughest year. Yep. I, I think every year has its has its challenges. I'm I'm not one of those people that's I I and I know you are. I I I look for opportunity or or problems and you're you're gonna find whatever whatever one you're looking for, you're going to find without a shadow of a doubt. Whatever you're looking for, you're gonna find. You know, so what are you learning right now, man? This might have been a tough year for some people, but I don't hear it in your voice. Yes, it was a tough year. You know, hey, I, I lost my best friend. My father died uh, in, in 2020. I could have folded him, I could have threw in the towel, I could have said I'm not going any further. You know, how, how, how did, what, what did you learn about yourself? What did you learn about the people around you? What did you learn in this global pandemic year? That's what I'll call it. I won't call it a tough year. I'll just call it a global pandemic year. Yeah. What did you learn about yourself and your company and those around you? Uh, man, I learned how resilient we as human beings are for sure. Um, you know, I think it, 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 it takes, going to dark places in your mind, you know, in your bank account, in your life, in your career to really understand what you're made of. You know, there's people who lean in and there's people who lay down. And, um, you know, I I learned that um, I'm surrounded by a lot of people who lean in. Um, Nobody was exempt from hardship this last year. And what gave, I think, a lot of us peace of mind was the fact that, hey, we're all, (laughs) you know, this state isn't experiencing a pandemic. This country isn't experiencing right. a pandemic. <laughs> Us as human beings, we are all in this boat together, right? Yeah. And so there was, um, you know, I think some unification in terms of, at least in my mind's eye, of like empathy that uh, we're all going through our own shit. Um, we're all experiencing challenges and hardships in our own way. And we are all resilient as hell, you know, challenges and really the the fear that came up for me 
um, it created moment to moment awareness of like, Hey, I got to keep both hands on the steering wheel right now. I don't got the privilege right now to, you know, put this on cruise control and sit back and let it all play out. Like this is the time, this is the opportunity to step up and see what you're made of. And my theme, I always pick themes of every year. My theme this year is weaponized because right. last year I learned so many different things about myself and business, right? I mean, there was a little short window of like, oh shit, I'm going to lose all my real estate assets. I'm yeah. going to lose the company. I'm going to lose everything, right? Yeah. And what is life going to yeah. be? And, and when you are forced to go through those conversations in your head and then physically take action in your life to ensure that you get the outcome that you want, there's this kind of you know, what I call this the 2.0 of your mindset. It's the 2.0 of your habits. It's the 2.0 of your disciplines. It's where you really in challenging times learn about yourself and what you're capable of. So for me, it was really exciting to see how many people were not only saying it because the people that I've heard and talked to that said this was the worst year of my life and it sucked yeah. um, are the people who ultimately just decided to sit back. Um, they didn't take any accountability. They didn't take any action. They just we're hoping someone was going to come and save them. Right. Then the people who I've talked to that said, hey, this was the most challenging year of my life, but it was also one of the best years of my life. And, and that's how I feel. Yeah. Right. People yeah. who lost family members, people who yeah. lost careers, people who lost businesses, yeah. but they also learned something about themselves that will pay dividend and ROI for the rest of their life that can never be taken. That wouldn't have even been gifted to them if yeah. that hardship and challenge was not forced upon them. Yeah. Right. It wasn't like yeah. they said, hey, let me sign up for the pandemic and see what I'm made of. <laughs> Everybody got thrown into this together. Right. Right? And yeah, so sure. it was one of those things where it was a life altering situation for so many people because they were forced into this challenge and to see how many people responded and reacted. I'm proud of, you know, so many individuals that I know I'm inspired by so many people yeah. um, that are way less fortunate, that are way less resourced, that are way less, you know, privileged than I am. And they absolutely killed yeah. it. They crushed yeah. it. Yeah. So for me, that's inspiring, um, you know, and I, and I think if anything, uh, it just shows you that, you know, no matter how dire some situations and circumstances can be, um, if, if you got two hands and a heartbeat and a brain, you have the ability to get yourself out of it and not only get yourself out of it, but to get yourself ahead of it and be stronger than you were before. Amen to that. Let me ask you, I, I, before I let you go, man, you know, I got to ask you about real estate, man. Oh, please do, bro. What what, what are we going to, you know, I, I think it's time for me to step into it and I'll probably talk to you off this. What are we going to do with all these empty commercial buildings, man? People ain't going back in them. What are we doing with them? Um, You know, I get that question a lot. And I, and I say right now it's, um, they're going to get repurposed in some capacity. Some will come back. A lot will get repurposed. Yeah. Um, and that's the beauty, right? As, as trends yeah. change, as markets change, that's where the beauty of innovation of the human being sure. comes into play, right? Yeah. And so I think we're going to see a lot of innovation over the next five to 10 years in commercial product and in those verticals. Um, but it's hard to give a prediction because um, it's like sitting down to a game of Monopoly, but the yeah. rules aren't be finished being written. You <laughs> don't know what players are going to be playing the game and the dust has not settled yet. 
Therefore, we don't know how to play the game yet. We don't know how to strategize yet. We don't know how to win yet in that particular vertical of real estate. So there's still a lot of dust that's um, settling. There's still a lot of kind of, because again, with all of the stimulus that's been given to the American people, I mean, we've got over a quarter percent Uh, I'm sorry, a quarter of the U.S. currency that is in circulation right now was printed in 2020. Wow. Think about that for a second. Wow. That's that's crazy to think about, right? So you think about the real pain, it really hasn't set in yet. People have been given safety net after safety net, um, you know, support and stimulus. Uh, Therefore, um, a lot of this dust has not settled yet. Um, We don't know the real rules of the game yet that we should be playing by moving forward and how people are going to respond accordingly. And then kind of how the power, um, you know, powers that be will will shift and respond accordingly. Um, But you you can bet that there's going to be some very opportunistic buys in the next few years um, that people who are brave and bold and willing to get in the game and willing to lean in and willing to right weaponize themselves in the in the world of real estate and surround themselves with the right people. There's going to be a massive wealth transfer, the biggest of our lifetime. Um, you know what I just heard you say? I, I, I'm going to decode what you just said. You just said, Ralph, no need to call me. Go ahead and get, go ahead and do what you said. Go ahead and buy that building. <laughs> go, go do. I mean, I, I will say this, Ralph, it comes back to fundamentals, right? And so, right. Right. you know, the, the thing about real estate is there shouldn't be speculation in it and there shouldn't be emotion in it. The right. beauty of real estate investing is numbers and data tell you the truth. They yeah. are your crystal ball for what the future holds and what the ROI on your invested dollar is going to look like. So, of course, mm-hmm. you got to make sure the numbers pencil and they make sense. Right. Two, you got to have a plan and execute in order to capture those numbers and what makes sense. And three, you just got to buy real estate and wait. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, you know what? This is the episode I'm re- I, I, re- I remember listening to that really touched my life. You had a friend of yours that was on he said he's, he bought a first unit. He was in California and bought a unit, an apartment unit in Georgia. Oh, yeah, that was probably Andrew. Andrew. And he said he doesn't recommend anybody do it. He said he did it years ago, and that's how he got into it. He, he That's how he got into real estate. That's how he fought through his fear, man, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, your first your first deal is critical, so you want to make sure you went on your first deal. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I netted over $100,000 on my first flip, and, and that gave me the confidence to go, whoa. Yeah. I'm never looking back. Like this is a powerful vehicle for wealth building and real estate and really just wealth building in general for those that are listening. You know, all of these get rich quick, internet right. money, tech money, those are what I call the lightning in a bottle type situations for yeah. the masses and most people on the planet. And again, I'm not saying you can't be one of those people, mind you. Right. But I'm saying for a lot of people, yeah, you should have the mentality that I always like to use the crock pot versus the microwave analogy. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a millennial. I pace in front of the damn microwave. I want my shit quick, all right? (laughs) But at the end of the day, all of the best things, all of the best dishes are always made in the crock pot. That's the same thing with wealth. That's the same thing with relationships and your network. That's the same thing with your career. The best things in life are always going to be in the crock pot. It takes time for all of these ingredients that you're putting together to create the outcome that you want. So when you're thinking about wealth, right, it's small, daily, consistent choices and actions and habits 
over an extended period of time, all of a sudden compound and produce something so amazing, that 10 year overnight success story that everybody looks at, right? But they don't really see what they've been doing yeah. for the last 10 years or 20 years. Right. So just think about it as like, you don't got to win big right away. You yeah. just got to win small every day consistently. Yeah. And that's going to turn into something big for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. If I had more time, I'm going to have you back because I, I want you to tell the unstoppable um, audience about that first flip. Next time I have oh, you I, back, we're going to talk about some some real estate. Anytime, brother. You know we're, that. We're going to talk about, uh, uh, talk about that and really encourage them to get into that. Man, thank you, man, for your time. I don't want to take up all your time, man. I know you have a family and you got a lot of things going on. So, But but thank you for, for coming by. Now, where can my audience find you? They can always um, head over to millionairemindcast.com or, or on iTunes podcasts, um, any platform that, you know, you guys like to listen to three episodes a week um, for the Millionaire Mindcast. Yeah. Um, you guys can always hit me up on social media at official Mattier. That's uh, basically, you know, my handle across all my platforms. I love getting to connect and, you know, hear uh, those that something that I said may have touched you or you got a question, whatever it is. Yeah. I always love connecting, reaching out. Um, and, uh, you can always just head over to mattachison.com. I got all kinds of cool downloads, freebies, resources, and then anybody that's interested in kind of goal setting planners, um, investor swag. I got the richlifestore.com that people can check out and always, uh, you know, get some products there. Man, that's awesome. Are you on clubhouse yet? Um, you know, I was, but it's a time suck, man. I'm, I'm so focused on what I'm doing yeah. and, um, I can see the value in it for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, for me and where I'm at right now, it's just a distraction. Yeah. Yeah. And I get a second person who said that, like, you know, who said that it can really, really work. Absolutely. Or it can be a time suck. Yep. Yeah. Um, I have an invite. I haven't been on yet. I, I, I have a profile and everything, but we'll, we'll talk away from this podcast. <laughs> yes, sir. Guys, you've been listening to the Unstoppable Podcast with Ralph Graves Jr. My name is Ralph Graves. Thank you once again for choosing this program. If you haven't already, hop on over to ralphgravesjr.com. Pick up a copy of my book, Unstoppable. And um, let's be unstoppable together. I'll see you guys again uh, next time. God bless. <laughs>